This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Episode of the Sober Life Audio, Audio Experience. <laughs> row, 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 row your boat. What's up, baby? Yo, what's up, Brad Bry? Yo, another day, another dollar. Yes, blessed. We have an amazing guest with us today. What? What's up? Who are you? Say your name. We got the one and only Brandon Parkhurst in the house. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say that. That'd be cool if I did. Yeah. I'd Third person. Yeah. Oh, we got Brandon Parkhurst in today, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, thank you for being on the show, man. Yes, Brandon. Uh, thank you for coming you, in. You are a guy. For those listening that don't know who this man is, this man is a visionary. Wow. This man is an artsy-fartsy type. This man I have is, beads on my neck right now. He does. Yeah, True he story. Does. This man is someone that loves big. And who is very passionate about life. Hell yes. yeah. Hell and yeah. And someone that I respect and hold dearly. Someone that coming up into this field, you taught me a lot about what I know today. So thank you for being you. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. And welcome. Hell yeah. So Brandon, we yeah. uh, we start the show with three questions. Okay. Three very special questions. Okay. First question, what's your vision? What's my vision? Okay, I'm super glad you guys didn't inform me you were going to ask me questions and I have to come yeah. up. <laughs> What's my vision? That's how it goes. Okay, my vision is to, um, to live from my heart mm. and to do my own work and to explore my own darkness and my own pain, my own joy, my own pleasure, and figure out who I am so I can bring that out into the world. Nice. Yeah. You, using your voice, stepping into your power. That's deep. And being heart centered. Yeah, being heart centered. And That's yes, cool. of course, to bring it out into the world. And, you know, I do music. I'm a, I do like trauma. I went to school to be a trauma therapist. So I want to, like, you know, you know, hundreds, it took hundreds of people to help me get clean and sober and become the man I am. Yeah. And I needed every one of them. You know? yeah. Hell and yeah. So you guys know how it works. And yeah. the reality is like my mission now in life is to hold space and support so other people can have the opportunity to get the experience and find their own way through their own like travels, you know, uh, to grow, growing up basically. Right. Hell yeah. yeah. Right on. Right on. That's dope. Cool. Question man. number deuce. Two. Or two in English would be what do you Love. What do you Ooh, love? What do you oh, love? What do I love? Okay. I love gluten-free pizza. <laughs> and um, <laughs> let's see, what do I love? I love music. Yes. I love surfing. I love uh writing. I love reading. I love sitting in the sun. I love watching people grow. I love, um, yeah, yeah, you know, like I love. Let's see, I mean, I love a lot of things. I love anger. I love my anger. I love watching Ooh. people do their anger. I love sadness. I love being scared. You know, I try and come from baby. a place of understanding that everything is kind of happening. It's in flow and for a reason. And so mm. I try and stay in a place of love. So everything that comes at me, if I can process through it, I get to this place of loving it. So everything. 
I love everything that Damn. comes. Beautiful. Bam. Beautiful. And that brings us Mic right drop. in to question number three. Okay. Which is, what is a book that has shaped or influenced you? Oh, man. Um, I know, try to pick one. Yeah, no, so I know, so like, many. Yeah. Um, conversations with God. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's come up once before. Like, yeah. tell us, like, tell us about yeah. that. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, for me, my life is based in it's grounded in spiritual principles and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got clean, I was really, um, it was really apparent that there was a dark side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> yeah. knew there's there's a lot of darkness around. Yeah, yeah. And to make the shift into like the light. Um, I started reaching out and reading different about different religions, spiritual practices, and I stumbled upon this book called Conversations with God, which just may sound far out, but I've be- since then I've become like a, what you would call a channel to be able to channel guides and angels and mm. whatnot out in the ether. And um, this book was a channel text, okay. and when I read it, it answered all the questions I had, uh, like um, all these, like. I was questioning God or I was questioning spirituality or what the hell is it? What am I doing here? Right. And this book answered these questions as best. Like the, I got the basic answers and, and, and was able to project me further into more writings like that. So if I were to look back at where it started, I mean, I remember opening the book and reading about three pages and started crying. Whoa. You know, and Damn. I was like, whoa, like this is heavy. And the way that I found the book was one of those like little um, little miracles. I just stumbled upon it. I actually stumbled upon book two, started to read it and went and ordered book one. And when I was done reading it, I was like, wow, like uh, a profound effect. Yeah. Epic. Sounds like, like it provided a really good foundation for you to build upon and to answer some pretty vitally important questions you had. Yeah, and now I'm feeling kind of like an idiot because uh, the real book is the big book, you know, that like, you know, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people say that. But, so when yeah. you say the foundation, I was like, oh, wait a minute, there's that book too. It's a pretty good one, right? Shout which, out, big book. Which also is a channel text as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look at that shit. You yeah. know, it's like, I'm sure that when they were writing that, they got done and were like, where did that come from? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. it was one of those things. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. It was like the d- divine intuition. Yeah, I think we all experience that. I know for me, like, it's just such, like, every day is so amazing because if we can stay grounded and do our practice, like, so many things come from this place that's unexplainable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll write or I'll write music or talk to someone or help, you know, be there to support someone. I'll be like, wow, did I just fucking say that? Because that was, like, not yeah. me. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, like, not that guy, and it kind of just channels through. So if we do our work ourselves, it's cool how it comes out like that. Yeah, yeah baby. Man. No doubt. It's proof that we're connected to something bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, Thank you for answering that. Or at least I am. I don't know if you guys are. That's like the perfect segue into what's next. Tell us about who you are. Who is Brandon? Yeah. Question four. (laughs) Yeah. Question four, who is Brandon? Let's see. Brandon is a white male from (laughs) Southern California. And um, let's see, I grew up, yeah, I grew up in Encinitas um, as a surfer, skater guy. Yeah. One of those guys. Yeah, one of those surfer skater bros. And I uh, got into music <laughs> when I was really young. And uh, I started smoking weed, you know, when I was young. The ganja. Started smoking oh, the ganja and drinking. And, uh, doobies, and it was whiskeys. fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it was fun. And I had a good time. And um, 
you know, grew up. Is this what I'm supposed to be saying here? Yeah, yeah. Or is that, okay. is that it? Okay, it cool. provides some like, context, the yeah. background. Yeah. yeah. Who you are, what you be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, again, this is a, a, a podcast on yeah. sobriety. So, okay. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I grew up and, uh, in Encinitas, and I had a good time. It was really fun. Partying, hanging out with girls, going to the beach. Yeah. And, um, and then all of a sudden, it got not so fun. Mm. You know, my life got took a turn for the worst. And <clears throat> the reason why it got not so fun is because... I started getting consequences, mm. you know, mm. and um, with my drinking and using. And like, I feel like a normal person when they get to that place, like someone yeah. who's normal gets to that place. They, they, they say like two words, like I quit, yeah. like quit drinking and using. And then they do it. And, yeah. And yeah. then they do it. And then like, <laughs> I know this cause I had a bunch of friends that I drank and used with for a lot of years. And when the shit hit the fan, they're like different direction, right? Mm. School, whatever, yeah. take care of it. Like that didn't even enter into my mind. You right. know? What entered into my mind is like, like switch it up a little bit or whatever. Yeah. I didn't even cross my mind. So, um, huh. so my path just continued forward, um, and I kept drinking and using and drinking and using until, you know, I got really bad and I almost died. Mm. You know, what were what were some of the like moments of clarity or aha moments? What were some of the things that had happened to you that had you start to realize? That, hey, like this is an issue and like something needs to be done here. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember like this is how it was for me. Like I remember I would get in my car. I would have like I, would tr- I had a little stints of trying to get clean on my own, you know. Right. I'd get in my car and I'd be sitting at like a red light and I'd be like rubbing my hands together and I'd be going to meet someone that's healthy, like go surfing or meet a sponsor yeah. or something. I'm like, okay, fuck, I got 30 days clean. I'm doing okay. Light's red. And light would turn green. I'd start driving, and about like four stoplights in, my car would go on autopilot to the left. It'd be mm. going left, and I'm supposed to be going straight. And you know that moment where it's like I'm not in control of what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would be like, "Fuck, uh, okay." So I'm going to Chaco's house, you know, mm-hmm. my dealer, or I'm going to the liquor store. And once it sets in motion, I'm going to follow through with it. And so, and then what I do is I look back and I go, four stoplights ago, I never, ever, ever wanted to get loaded again. I was completely yeah. clean. I was completely like, I'm going to do something healthy. And so I started to notice, like, how long does it take to go? Four stoplights, a minute or two. I started to notice like, oh shit, it doesn't matter how much I want to be clean in this minute, in that minute, it changes, you know? And those kind of situations just kept happening for me. Yeah. And so these are these moments of clarity where I was like, something needs to change. Right. You know what? I I bet if we would have hooked you up to a lie detector test, yes, you would have totally passed it. Yeah, hooked those fuckers up to my nipples. I would have passed that shit. (laughs) And then it was crazy because like what happened is that... um, I just, I remember being um, in this meeting, you know, the moment of clarity, right? This is like the big moment and I'm, uh yeah, and I I think I weighed like 140 pounds. My skin was grayish green color, you know? My eyes were yellow and like sunk way back in my head, you know what I mean? And at that point, my family was like, fuck you, Brandon, don't ever talk to us again, right? And I remember sitting there going like, I mean, you know that you look in the mirror, at that point, you're like, oh, things are not going so good right yeah. now. You know what I mean? That's where I was at. And uh, this guy came up to me after a meeting, you know, like with this old uh, old timer, you know, like a uh, 500 years sober, just yeah. like crusty old man. Right. Fucking, yeah, that guy comes up and he's like, <laughs> he said, man, you need to get honest about your drinking and using. And I was like, 
fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the first thing we say. And, yeah. Uh, I was like, fuck you, man. I'm honest about my drinking and using. I've been to like a hundred fucking rehabs. And he goes, yeah, no, I- I've watched you. Yeah. And I was like, well, I come to this meeting every day and I raise my hand and I say I'm an addict and I'm an alcoholic. And he goes, oh, really? And I said, yeah, really, I do. And he goes, well, what does that mean? And when he asked me, what does that mean? He stumped me because I knew that the guy standing across from me, I couldn't bullshit him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was right. like, yeah. I was like, oh fuck, it's not gonna work. So uh, I said, uh, I, I like I, I I like drugs and alcohol. Or I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, basically, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And the guy told me he goes, well, let me tell you something. He said, you have a brain that at some point in the future from today is going to convince you that it's a good idea to get loaded again for sure. Yeah. And he said, this is two minutes, two hours, two days, two weeks, two months, two years, 20 years, 200 years from now. It doesn't matter. The thought is coming. And as soon as the thought comes, you're going to get loaded again for sure. And as soon as you get loaded again, you're going to keep getting loaded until you end up back in one of your little detox facilities. And he said, so that is what you need to get honest about. And when he said that, I didn't even hear him say that. Say that. What I heard, heard him say was, "You are fucked." Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And yeah. When, yeah. So it was like then I had and a bunch of things lined up at one time. It was like I was willing. You know, I had been beat down. I had no more other options. And then this guy just dropped the bomb on me. Boom. Boom. And so. So what we, happened to you? And so you got yeah. sober. Yeah. Well, so what happened is I immediately went, that motherfucker's right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I go, holy shit, I'm going to get loaded again 100% for sure. And I started, to, this, is, this is the big thing that changed for me, is I was always the no guy. Mm. I was always like, you know. Like, like yeah. people tell me, like people come up to me and they go, man, I got 20 years clean. They go, you do this, 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 and this, and you'll stay clean for 20 years too. And I go, Okay, cool. I'll do that one, that one. I ain't fucking doing that weird thing you just told me to do. Yeah. And I ain't doing that weird thing you told me to do. And I never stayed clean. Yeah. So I yeah. switched from being no guy into yes guy. Whatever. What do you want me to do? What did you do? What let I'll do it. Like let me try it. And Whatever that was it is. that came with the willingness, right? That came with the willingness. Yeah. yeah. Sounded like getting a deep understanding though, like an honest understanding of what you were really suffering from. Exactly. I needed some information on it. But, but yeah, just what I really needed is this idea that um, it wasn't ever going to get any better. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't ever going to get any like better. There, there was no shortcuts. There was no shortcuts. There was no easy ways. There was no easy ways. There was no shortcuts. And the, rea- and the proof of that and what I noticed is because not very many people are staying clean. Mm-hmm. You know, the meeting I go to, I think the capacity is like 100 people. And it's been 100 people for the last 30 years. Like it's never grown and it only gets smaller to like a hundred, smaller to a hundred. And the reality is if, if everybody who needed to get clean was getting clean, we'd be having, you know, daily, hourly meetings at Petco Park, yeah. which yeah. if you guys don't know, Petco Park is where the Padres play and yeah. it holds 40,000 people. Yeah. So most people were not getting clean. The same guy told me this. He goes, check it out, man. Stick around here long enough to see what happens to people that don't stick around. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, okay, I'll try that out. And I yeah. started staying and seeing people come in and go back out and come in and go back out and come in and go out and die and come in and go out and go to jail. Yeah. And so I saw it from a different point of view when I was willing to just stick around. People say it all the time, AA or whatever, recovery. The recovery I entered into was the last house on the block. Right. And this is the coolest part about it is that you know recovery isn't my whole entire life. It's right. 10%. 
It's the top 10% of my life. And that's all I need as long as I make it the first thing. And it's given me the ability to go out into the world and pursue all that shit that I was, could never commit to. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like I have, yeah. I have so, like remember when we were getting loaded, someone would be like, we're going to go on a trip, you know, in two weeks. Like, let's go. I'm like, two <laughs> weeks? I, have, I don't know where the fuck I'm going to be in two weeks. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like I, I can, can't commit yeah. to shit. I couldn't commit to a training program. I couldn't commit to a meditation retreat. Yeah. I couldn't commit to anything. So the piece of recovery is when I surrendered and stuck around long enough, I started to see like, because I thought my life was over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought it was totally over. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a, it's amazing to hear that because you're describing this old fart, right? This mm-hmm. old crusty ass dude telling you these, dropping these little nuggets of wisdom. And yet here, the man that stands before me yeah. is the type of man that I could see going and dropping the same type of wisdom. Yeah, totally. I go on a daily basis and I talk to people. You know, it's just funny. I thought, like I want to say it's so funny just for anyone out there that gets into recovery when i came to recovery i think it was my third meeting someone gave me a sober a flyer for a sober party and i was like <laughs> like first of all those fucking words do not go together you know what i mean like fuck that yeah. and i'm looking at it and it says party starts at 7 p.m and ends at 9 p.m and i was like what like there's an end time at this party like my life is done you know what yeah. i mean yeah and so the reality is 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 did you go I did go. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable. And then they wanted to go to coffee after. And I was like, coffee? Like, what the hell happened in my life? <laughs> but, you know, I was uncomfortable with myself. Yeah. You know. But as far as what you said, like, you know, I, we started an organization called Rock to Recovery. And yes. we go out and we share our musical skills. Like, I yeah. went back to school. I'm a trauma therapist. You know, I work. I have my own business that goes into recovery centers. And I bring trauma therapy to people. And I bring music to people with Rock to Recovery. And... When we started Rock to Recovery, it was the same intention. Like from our heart, how can we give back? Right. And now we're in 150 treatment centers. We do 450 sessions a month in Southern well, California. We're going nationwide. So. Wait, I thought getting sober meant your life was over, dude. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Hey, like, what happened, man? Yeah. You went from nah, this ain't this ain't for me. This sucks. Yeah, to Like uh, now you're. You're living your life, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like, it's so funny. I know you guys know this already. It's like, because we, de- like, you guys are amazing, right? You guys have the same exact story. Same exact story. Yeah. And, you know, the hardest part is I just want to wring people's fucking necks. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, when I see them come in, I just, like, want to bitch slap yeah. them and be like, dude, just fucking hang in there. Like, no one's going to change it for you but you. Yeah. But if you chill, like, when I got clean, man, this guy came up to me. And like, I mean, I know Roman, Roman for, from when I first got clean, we had a year clean together, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I think when I had fucking like a couple months clean, this guy came up and he goes, Hey man, how long can you go without water? And I was like, I don't know. Like, he's like four days. And I was like, okay. He's like, how long can you go without food? I was like, I don't like what he goes two weeks. And he goes, and air is free, and that's all you fucking need, man. So you need water, air, and food. And so I guarantee you there's water all around. Someone will buy you a a meal if you want it. If you need a cigarette, you can ask for one, and air is free. So shut the fuck up and just hang out, right? Yeah. Because I wanted a bunch of shit. I wanted this and wanted that. It's just about what I needed, and what I needed was to learn to get to know myself, Mm -hmm. which is scary. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the only, you know, I've heard it say that the only way out is through. Yes. In. The only way out is through and, and going in. Yeah. So what was some of that like for you? Like what was some of the, yeah. the nitty gritty? It's, 
it's super funny because, uh, you know, like I keep talking about, I do trauma therapy. And I knew when I had six months clean, this is what happened is that I said, I remember I was talking to this guy in recovery and he goes, I go, man, I want to get loaded today. Just, I used to claim that, you know, I think if for anyone out there who's newly sober, claim that shit. You know what I mean? Like ask for support. So I was just saying, I want to get loaded today. And this guy goes, uh, no, you don't. And I go, what? Fuck Like, fuck you. I, yeah, I want to get loaded. Don't tell me what. I, I want to get loaded. Right. And he goes, no, you just don't want to feel how you're feeling. Uh, and when he said man. that, man, something clicked inside of me. And these, this series of events happened that I couldn't get into right now. It would take a while, but it, I'll guarantee you it's miracle-based. And I ended up in this trauma school, to, and I started exploring my darkness. The only way out is through or in. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this whole fucking gig, the whole recovery gig, is about learning how to feel my feelings. And that sounds fucking cheesy. You know what I mean? I get it. But the reality is, is that I had to learn to feel angry and not get loaded. I had to learn how to feel scared and not get loaded. I had to learn how to be sad and not get loaded to even know I was sad. And I had to learn how to feel pleasure and and joy and not get loaded. Right. And so I went through this process of, and again, I want to say that this is rooted in, in like, 12 step like it's where yeah. i got clean this Hell gave yeah. me the opportunity to do it so i wouldn't suggest anyone just to jump into this you know without some basic program to get off the drugs and alcohol but right. when i did it was the most intense work of my life to go inside into my darkness and all my past and to face it and to ask for support and to like be vulnerable you know what i mean I, and what i got out of it was that uh, a real man shows his feelings a real man is vulnerable mm. you know Damn. and it was scary and when I came out the other side, you know, my buddy always tells me, everything you ever want is right on the other side of fear. Right. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I get that now. No doubt. And so whenever anything big comes up in my life, I try and slow down. You know, uh-huh. it's the first thing. I move real fast. I've always moved real fast. I just try and slow it down and I just throw out the principles that, that, that we learn early yep. on. Right? Be still, calm it down. And the next thing that comes for me is like, this is going to be good. You know what I mean? But right. there's something to learn from it. And every time I can, the biggest thing in my recovery is support. You know what I mean? When I can reach out and get support from somebody else, I got a shot. If I'm trying to do anything on my own, it's pretty rough, you know? And there, there are a lot of times when <clears throat> we get faced with situations and we're all alone and the yeah. spiritual principles come in. But for the most part, you know, we're not alone anymore. You guys no, are an man. example of that, man. Yeah. You got your whole crew and... Yeah, yeah. You know it it's yeah. about family, bro. It's about family. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, man, we're all humans just trying to be part of. Yeah, and, and yeah. we're not going to rise above being a human. Yeah. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Soon. Soon. Yeah. Soon AI enough. is coming. So um, what were some challenges Damn. that you faced? Like what were some of the obstacles? Like uh, what? what were some maybe some difficulties you had experienced in your sobriety and how did you, how did you navigate through them? Yeah. I mean, I, let's see. The biggest challenge for me is humility. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like getting humble. Like I was a musician. Freaking rock star. You know, yeah, I mean, in my own head, I was a rock yeah. star. <laughs> you know, I was, I was a musician. Like I, before I got clean, I mean, I, my, my band was on two big tours with, um, you know, our last tour around was the Green Day and Blink and these huge tours. And then I lost everything, you know. Right. And, so, and so I literally went back to my hometown and worked at a coffee shop, you know. Mm-hmm. And everyone in my hometown knew 
about our band. It was like so humbling to be standing at that coffee counter serving count, uh, coffee to people who had come in and paid to go to our shows, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, it was tough. And then, you know, when I met Roman, I was working in a, a recovery facility. We worked in a place together. And yeah. it was like, it was intense just to humble myself and go slow and make a little bit of money an hour and just get my basic needs taken care of. And what right. that did was it shifted my awareness from what I want and what I need. And so I could, I could get to know myself, but also just be part of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't right. about me anymore. So, Dude. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, it's good, man. Humility. Humility, I feel like, sets us up to be able to do the work that we do. Exactly. And I remember the first rehab I was in, they gave me a worksheet and said, write a page on what humility, hum- humility means to you. And I started it and I was like, well, I think I'm a, I believe I'm a very humorous person. You know? And I thought, I thought humility meant like, how do, how does humor affect my life? Like I was so far from the idea yeah. that humility meant like not being self, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And what I've come to learn is that humility like means that I'm willing to admit that I have no fucking clue how to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that somebody else might, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, dude. That's huge, man. That's huge. This has been, dude, Brian, yo, this has been a good show. Hell yeah, it has. Yeah, I'm really glad this you guys is, asked me to come. Yeah, thank you, dude. Uh, we got to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Let, uh, leave us. You got any little nuggets yeah. for anyone struggling, anyone hurting right now? Sprinkle like, us what, with yeah. some. What would you say to someone in the depths of despair? Just yeah. listening. Fuck, man. I, I got this buddy of mine that <clears throat> he's still going from when I got clean. He's like chipping away at pills and chipping away with heroin. And I've been meeting with him and he's still kind of loaded. And I just, if, if there's any advice out there, it's just do not give up and be completely honest, even if you're getting loaded. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it's okay. And it's not your fault. It's what you were taught, right. you know? So it's like not our fault, but it's what you were taught. I'm sure when you started getting loaded, you started with a little bit of drugs and alcohol with some friends and had a great fucking time. Yeah. And when you ended, you were using copious amounts of drugs and alcohol and you felt like shooting yourself. So look at that progression and know when you started, it was, it was very innocent and now it's gotten bad. The only thing that needs to happen is responsibility, to take responsibility for your recovery and your yes. life and ask for support. Yeah. Oh Woo. my god, perfect. Bam. Thank you so much, Brandon. Brandon, where, where, where can they can, find you? Yeah, where can people find you? Oh, so you want to go to Rock R O C K two T O Recovery R E C O V E R Y dot org. That's our website for Rock okay. to Recovery. And then you could probably just Facebook me at Brand, yeah. Brandon Parkhurst. And there's yes. a, you'll, you'll know it's me because there's a picture of a good looking guy <laughs> on the profile picture. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's him. Hell so yeah, baby. those thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Brandon. Love and this has guys. been another wonderful episode of the Sober Life Audio, Audio Experience. Experience. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.